Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Sidebar with Cindy. On Kaya FM 95.9. Good evening and welcome to Sidebar Cindy. Um, I hope you're having a great evening so far. Thank you so much to Ntati John for a wonderful show. Um, uh, it was nice to see Khalima um, Mutlante up close and personal. Um, but yeah, so we are back tonight between 7 and 8 for a topic that is really difficult for me to discuss because of all the shenanigans that I've put my poor husband through. So we are talking about finances. But we're zooming in on, do you discuss financial issues with your close friends or your family? So last night when I mentioned that we'd have this topic, I I said to myself, well, I said that I hoped my husband wouldn't be listening. And when I got home, he was like, well, honey, I heard what you said. So guess what? I'm definitely listening. So disclaimer, Marinas, I know you're listening. We'll discuss everything when I get home. (laughs) But I'm happy because I have in studio... I have Utineo Tzamela. She um, has a website called Piggy Banker. And she has released an ebook, which is available um, free of charge on her, on her Twitter handle, where she helps us get out of debt. And I must tell you, I think about three years ago, I resorted to that book to help me get out of the mess that I was in. We also have Mapalo in studio. She's an award-winning um, financial coach. And I look forward to everything that she has to say about women and finances. So her specific um, topic of, of interest is women and finances. We'll also be joined by Ustrelo. So Ustrelo used to work for a debt counseling firm. And he did a thread on all the things that, you know, he has come across, you know, uh, when, when he worked at this debt counseling firm. And, you know, the thing that came through for me from this thread was the amount of money that we spend, the amount of debt that we get into, into to impress other people. You know, so you, it's either you're buying a brand new car so your friends can see what you're to drive a Mercedes or you're moving to a very expensive um, um, apartment so people can see that, oh, now Cindy lives in, in Danefern. So Skelo did a thread about that. So it'll be interesting to hear his insight on on that. But welcome to Sidebar Cindy on KFM 95.9. Sidebar with Cindy on the home of the Afropolitan. Okay, so I'll start off with Dineo. Dineo, thank you so much. I remember we chatted about money on Influential Fridays in 2017. And um, your ebook that you shared with us um, on, your, on your timeline helped me. So <laughs> what happened is that I woke up one day, took a, look, a good look at my finances, and I tweeted something. And someone on Twitter said to me, well, you know what? If you need help, rather than go to, go to her timeline and look at her book, and see how it can help you. And I share a lot on my timeline, but a lot of people aren't that open, especially when it comes to financial problems. So what prompted you to, first of all, write this book and then share it with us free of charge? So uh, first of all, thank you very much for having me tonight. Um, And this is a topic I feel very strongly about. And really the journey into writing the book, it was a collaboration with um, One Life, but um, it really came from my own journey um, into financial or getting out of debt, um, uh, finding myself about 2012, 2013 in a great deal of debt, debt way more than I could afford to be in. And um, in trying to figure out a way to pay it off, I thought, you know, I surely cannot be the only person doing this or in this situation. And how can I use my experience and share it? First of all, it was a way for me to be accountable. Mm. Um, And secondly, it actually helped a lot of people as I was going along making my mistakes. Mm. It was easy to be able to share that journey, share what I was learning, what um, what I'd noticed ever since I decided to take a, a more um, focused approach at making sure my finances were sorted and instead of putting my head in the sand. So that really was the precursor to the book. Um, and the book is really loosely based on my own journey, um, yeah. how I learned, what lessons I drew from the various websites, which methods I employed to um, pay off my debt as soon as possible, as quickly as possible, and really just provide myself with a, a framework so that, you know, going forward, I wouldn't find myself in the same situation. 
And I think for me, the thing that encouraged me to, to take your book seriously, Dino, is the fact that you're in the, you know, in the financial industry. So mm. my whole thing was, oh, okay, so this can happen to anybody. And here she is being open and honest about a topic that most people wouldn't want to be open and honest about. Mm. Was it difficult for you to, to share your experiences on the timeline? Or, you know, you just knew that, okay, I've helped myself, let me help others. So... At the time of writing the book, I hadn't joined financial services. I only started working in financial services about two and a half years ago. Okay. So um, everything was a personal journey. Every learning from getting out of debt and now to investing, which is, you know, the space I play yeah. in now, um, investor education. So it really, it, it was, you know, being able to go, I want to share this journey because I know I'm not alone. And I know, I don't know, I didn't really anticipate it would have this big of an impact. Mm. Um, and I never thought or imagined it would be what it was. I mean, when before I became piggy banker, I was diary of a reformed dataholic. And what <laughs> I, I was like writing that. about, <laughs> you know, and that's what I was writing about. And, yeah. you know, being able to say, Hi, my name is Dinewa. I'm addicted to debt. And mm. really, that what it, that's what it was. But also being able to sort of interrogate uh, as I move along my journey, going, okay, what are the sort of attitudes that are hindering me, that are making me make the same mistakes? Because it was, I'd be lying if I said I decided one day and I sat down and it was one smooth journey of paying off my debt. No, there was a lot of relapse. There was a lot of, oh, but I need this. And then there's a credit card here and a lunyana there and you know um and for me to be able to get to the place where i am today it took a lot of hard work and a lot of going okay we can't keep making the same mistakes yeah, that, that cycle has to be broken somehow mm. well if you've just tuned and you're listening to kai fm 95.9 with me i'm cindy and it's sidebar cindy with dinero tamela from piggybanker.com and we also have Umapalo Makosi in the studio and she's a financial coach. Mapalo, thank you so much for being here and welcome. Thank you so much, Dr. Cindy. So your interest in helping women yes. and their finances, where did that where did, where did that come from? Sure. Um you know, I, I used to work in a, in financial services for five years after I graduated. And every time and I used to work with pension funds, right? Yes. So every time we would go and give a presentation to our clients in a room full of men and women, let's yes. say it's 200 people. Out of that, if you were to ask questions all the time, and I mean all the time, if you ask questions, men would raise their hands, you know, they would ask questions freely. And women, on the other hand, they would come to me at the end of the presentation when the doors, when, you know... When everyone's left and exactly, there's no one watching. Exactly, and start asking me this question. So I realized that um, maybe we're not speaking to women the way they want to be spoken to. Mm. Hence, I started Women in Finance. Okay, and what are your thoughts about us discussing finances with close friends or family? I mean, you know, have you done it? Would you do it? Yes, I absolutely advocate for discussing finances every day. I don't care in what manner... I mean, in all possible ways. I mean, for us, you know, it's so easy to talk about your hair, it's so easy to talk about your nails, but all these things cost money, right? Yeah. I mean, I, and you know, my friends always laugh at me. I say, you know what, the car that you drive um, is money. You know, we get into your house, uh, we get into your home, everything in there is money. So why can't I, why can't we talk about you know, the other side, you know, investments. Um, how, why can't we talk about insurance? Why can't we talk about why we spend the way we spend? So I think it's, it's very important. I do it. Um, and I'll give you one example. I think it was not this, this Christmas, past Christmas, yeah. um, 2018, 2017, 2018. Yeah. Um, and we're at a, you know, it was just about uh, New Year's Eve, you know, about to welcome to the new year. And we're sitting with a couple of friends just enjoying some food and drinks. You know, we're about to welcome the new year. And out of nowhere, I did not start the conversation, but out of nowhere, people started talking about retirement funds. Okay. Okay. So for me, I realized in that moment that, wow, what I, my vision for women in finance, making um, personal finance a conversation around the table mm. is actually happening. Wow. That is so special. That was, for me, I was blown away. And, and just the educating around it. So do you, do you take opportunities, like if you're at a baby shower, if you're, you know, if you're welcoming the new year, do you, take that as, do you use it as a platform to educate people about stuff that they don't know? Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and you have to do it in a, you know, 
not a pretty way. Oh, that's <laughs> because, true. Because that's true. you can't talk actively there about we go. this. There mm. we go. Mm. I talk about my own experiences and I have a four-year-old son. So especially in those type of settings, um, as a mom, I always make examples of that. That you know what? Imagine if you had been given the same opportunities as a, as a, as a, as a young person. Yes. You know, your financial trajectory would be completely different. That is so true. Completely different. Even the learnings that you would get from your parents, seeing them, you know, talk about, you know what? Perhaps we'll forego this, but remember, you have a tax-free savings account. Mm. You know, the, your even thinking about money would be completely, completely, no, completely it's true. different. I mean, when I look at, when I look at um, the way my relationship with money, obviously a lot of it has been shaped by the way I grew up. So I grew up in a single-parent home, and I, you guys are going to hear about my single parents growing up for, forever. Uh, forever. Because <laughs> it, it really shaped the person that I am. Yes. And my mom would get paid. And then her money will be finished. Mm. And when she says, Cindy, there's nothing in her bank account. But she's done whatever needs to be done. But there's nothing in her bank account. So when I started working, my pattern of spending was, you spend until there's nothing in your account. You've covered everything, but I'll send her money. And then to be married to a person that doesn't understand how you can have a bank account with zero, zero in it. Right? He, my husband couldn't fathom how at the end of the month, within five days of me getting paid, I have no money. Then the next thing, Dugu Dugu, I'm asking him for petrol money. Mm. So those things were very difficult for us to work through because he grew up very differently from, from the way that I grew up. And his financial traje- trajectory started probably at the age of 18. You know, you get a, you get a small car, you start working, and you, you just get into it. Yes. And the rest of us are busy, you know, you're still at varsity, <laughs> and you're getting pocket money from home and things like that. And to bring that conversation to the table without being emotional yes. was probably the hardest thing for me because whenever my financial problems were raised, I would get very defensive mm. and use my upbringing mm. as an excuse. Yeah. I didn't grow up the way that you did, so you can't say those things. And it's getting better. Yes. It's not always easy, but it's improving. Sure. So, yeah, and this is the reason why we're here, yeah. to discuss that. How do you talk about finances to close family or friends? And if you do... How hard is it for you to do that? Mm. It's extremely hard. Yeah. It's mm. extremely hard. Um, you know, I think there's, there's a very interesting term that I've seen floated around, and I think it applies a lot. Um, financial infidelity, where um, partners spend secretly. Um, and it, it, it really does become a very contentious point in okay. a relationship. Yeah. Because one day people think everything's fine, and then the next, mm. how? there's a big thing that somebody has been keeping quiet and it's sort of like swept under the rug and then now there's a little mountain under the rug and next thing you know it all blows over and i think you know there's a lot of shame associated with speaking about money yes. um be it how much money you make if you make a lot of it if mm. you don't save any of it if you're in trouble you know people don't like speaking about money we don't make it a comfortable thing we don't make it an open thing and mm. even you know um the way we grew up, as you pointed out, um, um, you know, it bears such a, a it has such a big impact on how we address issues around money, and we don't realize it until you are grown up and mm. adulting, yeah. and now money issues surface. Yes, and I think you know the first step is always to be just honest with yourself. Um, what I enjoy is I've got a lot of partners and friends that yes. I speak to about money, um, and but they're my accountability partners. Okay. So I know I have a colleague because she sees me the most, and she sees when I've bought a new thing because she's like, I don't know that jacket. I don't know those shoes. Oh, no, I don't need a friend like that. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, but, you know, and it's, it's, so, it's so interesting because after a while, we, we even have agreements. So she'll say, okay, mm. shoe moratorium starting this month. I can only buy one pair of shoes a quarter or whatever the case is. And we hold each other accountable. Wow. And that's the benefit of it. So when I come in and I'm like, she's like, I don't know that blouse. And then now I must be like, mm-hmm, I may have spent some money. And what money. if it's on sale? What if it's on sale? No, so I think it's more, it's less about the opportunity and more about the discipline, yeah. you know? Uh, you know, that creating so that air of discipline and somebody going, you weren't supposed to do that. And then you going, yeah, I wasn't. I'm sorry. And, you know, it's, it's not because she has any control over what I do. But it helps me stay on the straight and narrow and it's reciprocal. So I'll also be like, you said you wouldn't do this thing. I see now you've bought three pairs of shoes. What's going on? Wow. 
Yeah, you know what, uh, Dr. Cindy, I have um, examples for days about financial infidelity in relationships, right? And exactly what Dine is mentioning now, you know, I have had a client who came to me and said, you know what, Mapalo, like she felt like her, com- her entire life had just come crashing down because she thought that her and her husband, you know, we know exactly how much we both earn. Yeah. Um, it wasn't an assumption. It was an assumption. She thought that the husband makes about the same amount of money and, you know, just not talking about money because they thought, okay, you pay what you pay. I take care of what I take care of. But only to find out he has had a huge shortfall for many years. Oh, my word. For many years. And then how did, it all, how did it all come crashing down? When she started finding, finding letters, um, notices, you know, all these things and saying, you know what, something's missing yeah. here. What's happening? Finally, he broke down and said, you know what, um, I can't cope. Mm. I can't cope. That is so shocking. I mean, that is so shocking. So you're listening to Sidebar Cindy, and I have Mapalo and Dinewa in studio. Just back to back yeah. to the issue of 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 the the pay slips and so on. So you are telling me that this couple hadn't ever sat down and declared this is how much I'm earning, this is how much I owe, this is where I'm going, these are my plans. But Dr. Cindy, you'd be amazed at just it's how very common. many couples do that. I even I have examples and examples. Um, you're just making the assumption. You make the assumption um, when you get married. I mean, another thing to throw in there, when people get married, they never talk about what marital contract are we going to yeah. go for? Because now it means we have to talk about money mm-hmm. and now we have to talk about po- possibly the dissolution of the marriage. Mm-hmm. And people will be like, oh, no, 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 you can't go there. Mm. No, no, I have, a, I have a story around that. So we went to see a lawyer <laughs> yes. because Uhabi was like, no, you know, he's, he's a businessman and I might one day decide to work for myself. So he yes. wants us to get married um, out, know, of out of community of property. Yes. So obviously at the time, 2004, I'm like, I don't understand why you're being like this. Mm. And unfortunately, don't you love me? Well, that also came into it. <laughs> and unfortunately, I think he had mentioned my family issues and my background and my financial instability. Yes. So that made it... That made the whole conversation very uncomfortable because I felt as if I was being exposed in front of this lawyer. And there's not, I mean, look, in hindsight, I was being emotionally unstable. And I remember my, my cell phone flew around the room. It was just very uncomfortable, you know. But I felt as if he was exposing my secrets to this lawyer. Now that we are where we are 15 years down the line, I am so grateful that we made um, out of community property. I'm glad we had that conversation and I'm glad that we signed that contract. But at the time, Mm. it was very difficult to understand why we had to do this. And I think, you know, we need to find a way of broaching the subject without being emotional. Yes, mm. yes. You know. But how do you how do you do that when this is your partner and you know it's really and you feel like judged. I think the person that's financially stable is the one that <laughs> that gives the that gives all the advice, and then the person that's financially unstable feels judged, and you know it's yeah. painful. It's like we are sad, but mm. I can't. You know, oh. I think you know, Doctor Cindy, on my on my side, right? Um, I was financially unstable when I got married. But because I knew of these things, I, I, I knew that it's the reasonable thing to do. I wasn't emotional about it. So yeah. it really takes a lot of education mm. uh, for you to get there. Well, you can join us in the conversation by calling us on 86 959 You can SMS us on 36959. And you can also um, join us on Twitter, hashtag KFMTalk, sidebar Cindy. And what we're asking is, do you talk about your financial issues with your family or your close friend? Before we go for the break, do you know what you were about to say? Yes, so um, I wanted to actually point out about the whole, um, and we it's one of those recurring debates on Twitter. Mm. Um, married in community of property, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you know, the one thing a lot of people seem to not factor in is the kind of risk that comes with, um, you know, getting married in community or property the separation of assets and how the credit bureau views you protects both of you in the event of an emergency where one partner is your business fails or something goes wrong you've got the other partner to anchor you no one ever thinks about that when bo- when one partner sinks and you're married in community of property the whole the, that's the whole, the whole ship it's all down. going down so i think there needs to be a lot more education about the process of why um, ANCs or prenups are um, important and just try and take the emotion out of it, look at the practicality and I do think that people need to go for counselling. So see the lawyer go to a counsellor. You need to do both so that 
all of these issues along with other issues that come because usually the money is tied to other issues so you need to deal with all those issues put it out find out where the source of shame about okay i know this is my history why do i feel so ashamed about it and if it's a matter of i need to work through that in my own process let's do it without endangering the well-being and the health of the marriage or the units or the Mm. family yeah Yeah, so when we come back from the break there's another thing that i'd like us to discuss and is do you do you declare your secret bank account or your separate bank accounts or a property that you have somewhere else would you declare that you know to your your partner partner? okay because that's also a financial (laughs) topic to discuss yeah okay we'll be back after the break Sidebar with Cindy on the home of the Afropolitan. If you've just joined us, um, you're listening to Sidebar with Cindy on 95.9 KFM. And we're talking about financial discussions within family, financial discussions with your close friends. I'm joined in studio by financial coach Mapalo Makosi and by Dino Zamela, founder of piggybanker.com. P-I-G-G-I-E-B-A-N-K-E-R.com. We also have online Ustelo Tlope. He used to work for a debt counseling firm. And he did a thread sharing his insights about the amount of debt that young people get into to impress others. And um, I found his thread very interesting. So, Stolo, thank you so much for, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Good evening, Dr. Cindy, and all the listeners at home and their guests in the studio. So, Stolo, that thread that you did, you know, as far as threads go, it was quite a long one. Um, but I enjoyed every... <laughs> I'm the, I'm the queen of threads, but that was quite a long thread. Right. <laughs> but I enjoyed it, and... Um, I remember reading, reading through it and thinking to myself, wow, credit card, personal loan, overdraft. You know, when you start working, they throw yeah. everything at you, right? Yeah. And yeah. The, the biggest grave that I have ever had to dig myself out of was the revolving loan. I, I see overdraft, I see credit card, yeah. I see personal loan. Yeah, those, those are the biggest devil ever. Revolving loan was the hardest most painful thing for me to get out of and the day i did it i celebrated so how do we how do we find ourselves in such messes how do we end up there you know just just talk us through it you know Cindy, it's 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 so sad because um when you look at young people more especially people that just finished studying that just come from university and they just started receiving an income they get a salary they get a pay slip and they just think that um, the next best thing to do is to go to the bank, as society do. You, once you start working, you need to have a car, you need to have a house, you need to have a few credit cards, you need to have a cell phone contract. So we follow a lot of trends that the society sets upon us, and we end up finding ourselves in, in deep trouble. And you know, the very painful um, thing that I experienced were young people, because most of the time, um, when you speak to people in terms of how did they get to date, when you speak to much older people, they will tell you that um, they got into debt because they had to take their children to school mm. one, two, three, and four. But then uh, when you speak to a young person and you ask them in terms of how did you find yourself in the situation, they don't even know. They were just doing it because society thinks that now I am working, I need to have a car. Mm. I'm working, I need to have a cell phone contract, I need to have a trading account, I need to dress a certain way, I need to have one, two, three, and four. So that is that has been such a very difficult thing and very sad thing to actually watch and experience and in terms of you know talking a person through the fact that they need debt counseling and then steps on on getting out of debt what was the biggest wall for people was it accepting that they're in a mess and they have to get out of it or was it the fact that they have to leave you know maybe downgrade where they live downgrade the car what is the hardest thing for people to to accept that's such a very good question to ask, Cindy, because, you know, um, the sad thing about this is the fact that most of these people don't realize that they have a problem. Mm. So the problem actually starts there. When you start um, telling people that, you know what, you need to look for uh, solutions that are going to help you to actually get out of the situation that you are in, and a person will think of, oh, okay, are you going to give me money? Are you going to give me a consolidation loan to pay off my debt? Mm -hmm. And that is not um, a good mindset to have in terms of you are in debt, but you are looking to acquire more debt to pay for a debt. So that does not make sense. Up until you make a person realize that, you know what, this is something that you really need, and it's something that's going to teach you 
to be able to manage your finances correctly. Because another thing about debt is the fact that debt is not permanent. Mm -hmm. Debt is temporary and you need to understand the fact that you are in this situation for now. And it all has to start in your mind. You need to channel your mind into saying that, you know what, I am done with this. And I love what Dineo said in the beginning in terms of she was speaking about she has found methods, she has read books, she just wants to get out of it. And it was not a flip of a coin. It did not happen the day after. You try again and you still fail, there's relapse, there's whatever. But what if you have it in your mind that I need to get out of here and looking to acquire more debt should not be a solution for you. Mm. Wow, that's a, that's a mouthful. Um, so if you've just you know tuned in, you're listening to Sidebar with Cindy on KFM 95.9, and I'm in studio with um, Mapalo Maku, and she's a financial um, 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 planner, and she's a financial coach as well. And I'm also joined by Dineo Tzamela, who um, has a website, piggybanker.com. And they've both, um, you know, they've, they've both gone through, you know, issues to do with, with, with finances. And are very open about what they've been through and are here to, to share with us how we can share better with our, our families. Mabalo, the issue around do you declare your, your assets? Do you declare your flat that you have in Bononi? Do you declare your secret bank accounts, your offshore accounts to your partner? <laughs> Shoot, I feel, I feel so put, I feel like I'm put on the spot with this one. Um, personally, I think yes, right? Um, so, for example, and I always give examples of but about myself as a young woman who's trying to navigate wealth. Um, I think declare. So, in, in my case, my husband knows that I do have an account. He does not know perhaps how much fully is in there, but he knows that I do have, I call it my rainy day account. Okay. Um, but I think it's very important, especially, you know, if we're going to talk about wills, in the, uh, hopefully later, uh, when you're drawing up your will, it's important to, you know, because you're going to do it with your partner. So knowing exactly what, uh, uh, where is what is important. So it, it falls part of that. But I do think that especially for women, and I always stress this, for women, it's important to do have some sort of financial uh, backup for yourself. Dineo? So I think, you know, um, it depends entirely on the dynamic of the relationship. Um, and it's one of the issues or a, a topic I wrote about a while back, which was financial abuse. So within that context, I think discretion is then advised, uh, advisable. You know, it's so easy for money to be used as a tool to hold someone back from leaving a bad relationship. Um, and it's very easy to spiral into a trap where because you over declare and it's it's one of the common things one partner declares everything and then the other's like i'm not going to tell you all the things just know that i'm okay and then what happens is when there's trouble so like the example we we heard earlier there's trouble um you know one person is incredibly powerless about what I can do, where I can go, who I can seek help from, because somebody else controls the finances, wants to know, knows where everyone, you know, every penny goes. So I really think it depends on the kind of dynamic. Obviously, in, a, in, a, in what we would consider a healthy relationship, yeah. disclosure is important. Mm. Um, but again, discretion is very NB. I do also believe that you should always, always, always have your own pot of money, regardless of which... Mm dynamic or if there's like a, a huge imbalance in terms of earning power so if you're a stay-at-home mom yeah. or wife or you don't work but your partner does or whatever the case is you need to have some sort of safety net for yourself um, and that needs to be money that you manage yourself um, I work with a lot of people who have stay-at-home wives they manage their wives money and makes me so nervous <laughs> you know no, it just no, makes no, me so that's nervous and I'm when concerned. you ask them you know the men will usually go no but my wife if i give her the money she'll just spend it and even that the fact that they cannot bring themselves to even have a conversation with their wives to say you need to learn to manage your money so i'm going to give you this much please manage it is concerning you know and it's just Disclosure is important, but independence is important mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And 
everyone just needs to look out for yourself it's all good and well and you know it, it i don't think in the interest of practicality we can be like no but you know i trust a person blah 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 yes we all want to trust the love of our lives we, we all do. want to believe we that do. things will work it's out true. i think yeah, we go into relationships mm. hoping for the mm. best but we cannot be pollyanna there's reality there's you know there are things that happen that you cannot in any way predict you need to be safe well, that is Dineo Tamela on Sidebout Cindy on Kai FM 95.9. Another topic um, or another aspect to sharing financial um, issues with close friends is sharing in the workplace. So mm. I started working at a company and um, a close friend of mine then, then, you know, then joined the company later. And she's a very good negotiator. So I'm not very good at negotiating salaries. I just go there and I smile and I hope for the best. And so I had, I had started working there and then she joined. And because her and I are very close, mm. she disclosed to me what, what they had offered her, right? Which is quite a mm. lot more sure. than what I had negotiated or well, failed to negotiate. And I didn't have to speak to anyone. I didn't go to HR. The following month, my salary had increased by more than 20% to be on the same level as hers. Because sure. someone must have told them that, listen, you better sort this out because Cindy and this girl are really uh, close. And in that instance, sharing with a close friend mm. actually helped me. Mm. But I do know that some, some companies have this rule that you can't discuss mm. issues of salary, you know, amongst each other. So what about that? So work, work is always going to be complicated, mm. right? Um, outside of the company policy you know the discussion of salaries you know it, it always you know there's always the risk that you end up using it as a measure of how you're perceived etc etc but i do definitely think that we need to be having a lot more honest conversations and i think when you can substantiate an increase go to somebody i i, I believe wholly in having people in higher up positions or in similar positions to where your boss is or the person you'd need to have the conversation about money um, uh, with to go to that person and say listen i'm thinking of having a conversation about my salary this is what i feel i bring to the table this is what i think i'm worth can we actually have this discussion and how would how should i approach it with my boss money is a very difficult conversation and it's especially difficult i mean there's there are studies on studies on studies about how negotiating salaries in particular is more difficult for women and you know for men it's easy they just go there like you know mm. there the money is in for us you know we always think you know sometimes there's a lot of men who don't even think about what is it that I've done to actually, you know, yeah. we will overthink and overthink and overthink mm. about, okay, but they're going to ask me, but what have you done, Cindy? What have you done, mm. Danelle? And now I'm going to have to, you know, so there's always that reluctance. But I think it's important to have mentors or people that you can speak to in higher up positions or even form connections within um, HR departments or friends who might not work in the same company but have an you know access to these kind of conversations yeah. who can guide you as to how do you have that conversation because it is a very difficult conversation yeah. and how do you handle it if things don't go yeah. your way yeah. and you feel hard done by okay so 0860 0000 959 um welcome to kai fm hello how are you good thanks thank you for calling thank you um hi cindy hi um the thing is, I have a problem. Eh? Yes. Um, I'm a 29-year-old. Yes. With uh, three kids, single parent for mm. three kids. And the problem is that I earn like around 4.2. And I get uh, maintenance for about 600 rand for one child. And I have a um, social grant for two kids because the other one I haven't registered. Mm. Uh, the thing is, I have, I'm in deep debt. I think I don't owe any bank. I don't owe any account for clothing or anything of that sort. The problem is I own I owe loan sharks. Mm. I think I owe about I think okay I own I owe about three loan sharks, and I'm way behind with my transport money because I travel with the uh, uh, this other guy that I work with. Mm. So the thing is I cannot manage my my income. That's the problem. 
Dineo? Every time I'm home, I have to duck and dive because people come home looking for me and I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. Okay. Dineo? Um, so this is a, a thing, a, a situation that hits very close to home because I grew up, okay, so similar to uh, you, um, Cindy, I grew up in a single parent household and loan sharks were a reality, a very present um, threat um, growing up. And oh, it's, it's, it's such a difficult thing because, you know, in any other situation if it was like a bank mm. that we're dealing with mm. i'd be like no mm. put a budget together you can call them you can negotiate mm. you can figure out a way you can go for debt review mm, you can go for debt mm, with low sharks there isn't that option you don't have that option there's there's no protection whatsoever mm. and if i really think about you know um how i almost found myself in that trap um and i did i think i went to loan sharks like twice um as an adult um and the one thing, and it's, it's going to be a very difficult thing to try and tell you, Lerato, because I, I, I'm in no way in the same situation. So my, I, even as I'm speaking now, I can tell you that the things that I employed were very different because I had only one child. I had some mm-hmm. sort of support system for that child, so I wasn't entirely alone. Um, but it took me cutting down a lot. And okay. by cutting down, it literally was... There is jam, there is peanut butter, there is bread, there is, you know, a bright pack of whatever, and then we split up a piece of chicken, and then it was bare minimum A to B living until I could get myself out of that situation. Um, Lirato, I, beyond saying, is there any way to cut down? Mm. I don't, it doesn't doesn't, sound like there is. Um, And it is a very difficult situation. The most you can do is try and talk to those people mm-hmm. and figure out with them that, okay, if I can just pay you and finish you and then could the next person wait and could the next person wait, maybe tackle them one by one. Um, but it, I, I, yeah, it's it's a very complex situation. Mm-hmm. But what we'll do, Lerato, we'll get in touch with you and um, we'll we'll co- continue this discussion, you know, offline, o- offline mm-hmm. and see how we can, we can, at least advise you on a step-by-step process of getting out of this because you can get out of it, right? Yes. It's not like you're stuck yeah. here forever. You can get out I'm of it. I'm stuck because I, like, I have to take money from the other one to pay the other one. Yeah. Take money from the other one and pay the other one. Yeah, no, so we'll, 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 we'll continue with this chat offline and we'll see how we can, we can, we can um, talk you through this. But thank you so much for being so honest. Okay. I really appreciate thank it. You. Okay, okay. George from Soweto. How are you? Good, thank you. Good, man. Um... You know, I'm, I'm one person, hey, who's been through a lot. Like, uh, I used to rent an apartment, mm-hmm. and I used to have a car. But unfortunately, you know, I realized something that, you know, these things are not important. Mm. So I decided to take the car back to the bank, and I decided to come back home to build my own cottage. Mm. Um, and I decided to build my mommy house, a proper house. Mm. So I just want to advise people out there that, you know, the life that people are living, the fake life, is is not on, guys. For some who can afford, they think that they can afford. Mm. So I just want to give them advice. I I work at the bank. I'm not happy to see someone coming to the bank and applying for a car finance or coming to apply for a bond, the bond you will pay for 20 years, which is not good mm. at all. So what I can say to, or what I can give advice to other people is that I think it's better for you to save that 5,000 that you're paying a bond with or mm. 8,000 for 10 years. Just imagine that money within 10 years is how much. Yeah, no, thank you so much, so, George. And, and, and I admire the decision that you took because it can't have been easy to take the car back and make all of those decisions. Mm. But thank you so yeah. much for that. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Well, we'll be back after the break on Sidebar with Cindy on Kaya FM 95.9. Sidebar with Cindy on the home of the Afropolitan. Kaya FM 95.9, home of the Afropolitan. Stelo. Yes, Cindy. You, you, you heard the two calls that we had. And I yes. think Lerato's call has left a lamp in my throat. Um, yeah, it is very, very, very emotional. Yeah, and I know that, you know, when you're dealing with loan sharks... There's no legal 
recourse. So you can't, you know, you can't do anything about the situation that you're in. So I'm sure Lerato is still listening. Just, you know, a few words of advice for her and her and her situation. Um, with regarding to Lerato, I think Dinero gave her such a very, very good advice. Um, it's difficult, especially um, because these people want their money and they do not care. There is no law that is governing them in terms of giving you time or be able to make a negotiation to reduce. But one thing that I can advise her on is um, running away will not help her. Running away is not going to solve the problem. Mm. What she just needs to do is to just speak to them. And the best advice is to at least pay one at each time. Okay, you know, so um, step by step. Step by step, pay each one and don't take any more money. Don't take any more money if there's any means of being able to reduce some of the expenses, uh, even if it's 200 rand, the 200 rand will go a very long way in mm. terms of making sure that they are able to live through the month, especially since she's got children and there's a lot of things that are happening in the household that needs her attention. No, but thank you so much, Trello. I look forward to more of your threads and um, just yes. good to have you. Definitely. Thank you so much, Cindy, for having me. Thank you. Mapalo, um, you know, you you know during during the, the break we were discussing the issue that loan sharks um it becomes difficult to to deal with them if you're in a situation like Lerato's situation is it advisable yet yeah, to then share with your friends and your family and see how they can help mm. you because that 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 you know someone sure. could help with mini meals someone could help with sugar someone could help with maybe paying one kid's um crash fees until you're on your feet again would you would you advise her to share yeah and it's such a difficult situation, Dr. Cindy, because, I mean, the situation she's in, you could hear even in her voice that it's a really, really difficult situation. Um, and sharing with her friends, maybe she feels ashamed uh, and perhaps even around her, there aren't enough supportive people. I think there are uh, non-profit organizations maybe that she can also try to access mm-hmm. as well. Um, maybe, you know, offline we can talk to her and see which which of we those can, we can we access but i think definitely amongst um your friends your peers there must be someone in her life you can't tell me that in the entire community there isn't one or two people that you can um talk to about her issues and try to get help from mm. and that's and that's Papa Lomako, who's a financial coach um mbulelo welcome to kfm uh you know i'd just like to hold my two cents of, of experience ne? Yes. Uh, particularly with regard to it that uh, one of the gentlemen was called the US for a bank and say you rather stay 5,000 rands over a period of time mm. to buy your that property that you want. I'm in the property space. If then he wants to do that over 10 years, property value appreciates and over 10 years, the same 5,000 rands that you are saving, it won't be worth what it is today. So therefore, it is important that you can take a loan, because um, particularly for a bond, uh, that is good debt. That that when when you sell, you still, you still are able to make money. Uh, you know, some people will do this. I buy this house, I sell it after two years. It has appreciated probably some 150 or 200 thousand, depending on the area and the value of the property. Mm. So in, in in essence, you know, rather people drive less and build more if if if, if you guys understand what i mean because in all honesty yes it is true that we are spending most of our money in cars which are depreciating every day these are the properties which are gaining value it is that use someone else's money to to make your own living better but not in the sense of uh, being extravagant uh, and exorbitant in terms of uh, expenditure particularly where uh, that whatever item that you're purchasing doesn't get paid. Mm. No, thank you so much for those yeah. words of wisdom. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Ma'am. We have Lebu from Joburg on the line. Good evening, Lebu. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you. I'm right, thanks. Oh, I am drowning in bed. Okay, so uh, what happens is I'm, I'm a great winner at home. Um... So I'm the only one working. So when I started working, I didn't have any debts or any accounts. 
And within the first year, I actually wanted to build my mommy a house, which I did while through loans. And last year, I was just under pressure to buy a car, and I did, even though I couldn't afford it. So uh, just after buying the car, I then went under debt review because I was like, I was drowning. I couldn't um, actually survive. So even now, even though I'm under the debt uh, review thing, but I'm still not surviving because I thought it will help me breathe a bit when my installments uh, are not as high as they were, but I'm still not surviving because on a month-to-month basis, I have to borrow money to survive. Like, every time my salary comes through, other David orders they bond. So, I think I really need help because I'm uh, not coping. Okay, and Lebu, have you, have you been able to speak to your family about the situation that you're in? Because, you know, as you've just explained, you've been helping your family a lot. So, do they know what's happening or are you, are you acting as if everything is fine and just, you know, keeping up appearances? Yeah, I certainly don't know. Okay. Okay, so we'll we'll chat to you offline. We'll get your details and we'll be in touch with you um, after the show. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much for calling. We have Ria on the line. Um, um, hello, Ria. Hello, Dr. Cindy. How are you and your guests? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. I had a guest mention that it's important for, especially for women, to have a side account. And they specifically said... You know, housewife. I'm a housewife, and I'm thinking about this, but I don't know how to go about it. Okay, and that and that was Dineo Tsamela yeah. from piggybanker.com. Dineo, any comments from from Ria's um, question? So I think, um, uh, hi Ria. Um, Hello. I think it depends entirely on how much money you've got at your disposal. Um, okay. I'd always say, you know, because tax-free accounts are mm. the most. Uh, you know, the most tax efficient way to make the most out of um, whatever money you're trying to put aside. Um, I'd say try and see if you can speak to somebody about um, the various type of uh, types of tax-free products that are out there and which one would best suit you. Um, decide uh, before you even jump into, you know, I need to put money aside, decide, you know, yeah. on a plan, have a plan in place. So okay. um, I'm saving and I want to save for a particular period. And, you know, the purpose of this is, should anything happen, I've got something put away. So mm. I might need some money that's invested in something that I don't have immediate access to, but I also need, um, a, you know, a rainy day sort of stash so that if I need to, for whatever reason, access money immediately, it is there, it is available, but it doesn't mean everything that I've put aside is going to be used all at once. Mm. Um, you know, and then research your options you know um find okay if i'm looking for an easy to access um account is it you know what kind of interest rates what kind of costs are are, are included in that and does it make sense for me to then go after that um type of bank account um so there's a lot of things that you would need to factor in and i i can't give you a straightforward answer because mm. it depends entirely on your situation how much money you actually do have um you know exposure to or how much money you you get to personally handle um, within the dynamic of your um, marriage but very important to have a plan in place mm. so that when you do go out to get answers you're asking the right questions mm. because that's the most important thing and don't feel it's important to start as soon as possible, but don't rush into, you know, decisions that um, might be difficult, especially if somebody tries to sell you a product that you don't understand. And then when it's crunch time and you need to access money, there's complications and then there's A and B and things that you didn't read. So just take your time in terms of educating yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'd say even if you starting by having a simple savings account where you're just putting money aside so that when you're ready to take the next step and start investing, for instance, you've got the right answers, but you've yeah. already got the money set aside. And it's not, I will only start once I have it all figured out. Yeah. Um, and, oh, yeah. you know, start you know, start with as much understanding, but don't wait until you have a full understanding because also you'll never learn everything. Yeah. Okay. So I think have sufficient, you know, understanding to make an informed decision, but don't don't put it off because you're afraid. Uh, mm. You're too afraid, yeah. um, because that could also just end up hindering yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. For okay. Thank you very much. Okay. So I think what's coming through here is when is the right time to tell your family about your financial problems? You know. So you've been helping out 
you're the breadwinner, mm. you've run into trouble. When do you now discuss, um, you know, what's happening? Yes. Um, you know, I actually wrote an article about this um, around black tax specifically. And the one thing that comes out across all the time is that uh, people don't set boundaries. Mm. You know, people don't set boundaries and people don't communicate. So I think even before you get into a mess, a financial mess, I think it's, you know, you must start educating your family about your financial situation, where you are. Um, there's a lot of expectation from family. I'll give an example. One of my clients said to me, you know what, Mabala, um, I have a property. Um, I live close to work. I don't need a car. But the dad said, I want to see a car because when you come home, I need to, my, my, all the family and people from the village need to see, need to see, see Benza, man. you know. Um, so setting boundaries and also I think it's, 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 um, it's a moment for you to educate your family that, you know what, um, this is what I want for my life and this is how much I can only help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's very important to start educating your family too about money. Okay, uh, so wrapping up, Dineo, and okay. thank you so much for being here, but <laughs> final words, um, very quickly. You know, and going back to the black tax thing, I'm, I'm, I'm a breadwinner I'm at home. I take care of my mother um, who's sickly. And, you know, since she's been living with me, having those conversations and her mm-hmm. seeing mm-hmm. Um, the situation has been a lot easier to be like, no guys we can't do this because if we do x y we won't be able to do z and i think with the number of emergencies you know when you're staying with somebody who had a stroke and blah 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 there's a lot of little emergencies that happen and for her it had to be it's either we take care of you or we splurge pick which one you know so really it's about setting boundaries and going guys if i don't have it i don't have it Mm. and i can't yeah final thoughts from you Mm -hmm. um i think just start talking about money Mm. start talking about money it might be uncomfortable to begin with but the conversations get easier and easier over time um with your partner i mean this is someone you live with this is someone you wanting to create a whole life with um so start having those conversations as early as possible and normally people start having the conversations a little bit too late unfortunately well you know from my part i love this quote from andrew jackson that says live within your means never be in debt when you get in debt, you become a slave, mm. right? And I know exactly how it feels to be a slave because I was a slave for quite a while. That revolving loan was like a, like a you know, cement around mm. my neck. Mm. And coming out of it was a, was a victory. I'll, I'll never go back there. I'll never forget what it felt like to be down there. So I'm very happy that I made it out. But thank you so much for, you know, for, for joining me in this conversation. Thank and you it continues on Twitter. Hashtag Sidebar Cindy, KFM Talk. I'll be back on Monday evening. Um, enjoy the rest of your evening. Sidebar with Cindy on the home of the Afropolitan. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.